All right, so I have our Digino. Um, it's brand new. Oh, we're not doing the bear thing? The one that was in the Facebook group? Yeah. I mean... Listen, we don't have to. I've, 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 got, I've got an update on Brody. Is that a good update or a bad update? It's a bad update. He's dying. I swear if he's dead, I'm going to leave. Well, I mean, he's alive, so he's dying. I just went through a a roller coaster of emotions <laughs> by by Caleb's news and then Matt being an asshole. The truth should not make me an asshole. All right, let's hit the intro music and get started. That needs to be a t-shirt. <laughs> Galatians 4.16. The truth shouldn't make me an asshole. <laughs> Welcome to the Barely Saved Podcast, where we have the discussions real Christians don't have. Here's your hosts. <laughs> I'm Caleb. I'm an asshole. <laughs> I'll be mad today. I'm strawberry ice cream again. Oh, hey, did everyone get their kisses? No, I have to. They don't carry them like locally. I need to like go down to Yakima and go to Walmart or something. Well, that's disgusting. Which part? Yakima. Fred Meyer doesn't have them. It's because Rachel doesn't live in a real city. That's true. It's true. Discount city. That's very true. I legit don't live in a real city. I mean, Ellensburg's better, but Kittitas is like... Kittitas doesn't really have like electricity. They have a bunch of hamsters and horses pulling a well to kind of like make their own electricity. Is that how they get in the water? That's also how they get the water, yeah. I mean, that sounds pretty renewable. It's better than just having a gas generator out there to run the whole power. You just have to keep breeding hamsters, man. They, they, you know, they die quick. See, but so they do all that good renewable stuff, but then they just pour oil everywhere for fun because global warming isn't real, according to, I'm guessing, 75% of the population in Kittitas. All three of those people. Mike, I just want to, you just said 75% of all of three people. I'm curious as to how you got 75% of three people. No, the three are the 75%. There are only four people in Kittitas. Oh, okay. That makes sense. It's a tiny town. So I started work at Amazon. Three hours and 39 minutes, Matt. From your where you live to wherever else Matt said? Portland to Kittitas. Matt, are you going to Portland? He has a thing next summer. Summer summer of 2022. Oh. And I'm going to make Rebecca uh, let me preach at... Um, new life so that I can leave early-ish. Get me fired? First off, how dare you? Gary might be on sabbatical at that point, so... So you might actually get her fired because it would be her decision. (laughs) (laughs) I have never once gotten anyone fired. See, I really want to preach at Rebecca's church because I used to go there, but I don't want to tell anyone and I want it to be seen. I just want to wander up on stage. And just start preaching and confuse the hell out of everyone I know there. I'm pretty sure that Gary would be confused if you just did that in the middle of while he was preaching. I might do that too. Mike, would you want to speak a? <clears throat> would you want to speak a night at? What the heck is a? So you can't. You know, uh, once again, Mike attended this church. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not very good with the youths. They're basically little people. They're basically younger college students. Yeah, but you're not allowed uh, to make jokes about the Hebrew word yada. So. And when you speak to youth, you basically you speak exactly like you do to adults. You just tailor the content slightly, and use more of that hip youth lingo, which, as a Zoomer, you already do. I mean, I wouldn't 
say no. I mean, it depends on what it is, obviously. The question isn't, would you say no? The question is, would you say yes? Maybe, probably. I get bored in the summer. The Saturday tends to be like the big worship night where everybody always ends up crying. It's never planned that way, but that does seem to be. It's Everybody cries the last night. It's a combination of, of course, God's spirit moving on people's hearts, but also the fact that this experience they've had for the last week is ending. True. Yeah, because actually Sunday night is the last night, but we don't do a service that night because it's our fun day. So we do over like we do an overnight. So, yeah, Saturday is the last like worship time of just them all together. Uh, You want to hear a really funny story from my grandparents from this weekend? Why not? Do I? Oh, yeah, it's good. So my sister graduated college with her BA in uh, math teaching. Congrats to my sister. Shout out to her. So she's a badass. She's a badass. Uh, Double major technically in STEM as well. What? <laughs> what the hell's wrong with your internet, Mike? What's a degree in STEM? Uh, oh, what's the definition or what the acronym stands for? No, I know what the acronym stands for. Science, technology, engineering, and math. What is a degree in that? I don't know. Just a degree in that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here going, I... Endorsement, I think? I don't know. I know the degrees in engineering. I know the degrees in math. I know the degrees in certain technologies. Right. I, I've, I've seen an engineering degree. I've seen a math degree. I've seen a biology degree. I've seen, I've seen a technolo- information technology degree. I've never seen a STEM degree, which is why I'm questioning everything. I, I think it's, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend like I know anything. I didn't pay attention. Now that is true. It's a buzzword to get parents to send their kids to that school. It's like they can get a degree in STEM. Because STEM is so important. And also helps them get paid. Yeah. What did you What did you get a degree in? STEM? Oh, we will hire you tomorrow. Yes. It's definitely funding. But so so my sister graduated. It's very exciting. So that was really fun. My sister's boyfriend was there. His name is Bjorn. He's a really nice guy. I really like him. Uh, but <laughs> my grandparents, uh, my grandma went up to him and was like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad that she's dating someone from Norway. Which he's not from Norway. Uh, he's from like Seattle. He his family's not from Norway. Uh, I'm pretty sure his family hails from England. And uh, this comes off of a comment made by them about their new neighbors, who are black, but not real black because they have money. So my grandparents, my grandma, essentially said, "I'm so glad she's dating a white boy." Ah. Uh. A super white boy. A super white boy. I mean, if you're named Bjorn. So yeah, yeah. It's not just that he's white, but he's he's like Matt Van Winkle white. That's what it's about. That's right. <laughs> so I felt bad for, uh, that was his first time meeting my grandparents. And I was like, so sorry, bro. Welcome to the family. Wow. <laughs> Oh, my grandparents are a treat and a half. I made a bad life choice today, but I will tell you about it when we do our segment. Did you follow him on Twitter? Because that is a bad life choice. Did you know something about bears? Did you Ah, Men's underwear are pain. You can't tell when they're inside out as easily. Yeah, you can. You just look at literally any part of them. There's a seam, like, there's seams everywhere. You know what? No, no, I disagree. I disagree because because part of the beauty of men's underwear is you can wear it one day 
and then flip it inside out and wear it the next day. And it's like another pair of clean underwear. No, so these these don't have like the seams aren't obvious when they're inside out. Like they're very much not. Well, then you just look at the band. Yeah. Which again, well, yeah, that's easier. But at the time it was. Oh, is it now? Yep. We got you. Don't worry. The men know how to do this. We know how to fold our underwear. To be fair, Nate folds most of the laundry. So the fact that I'm folding laundry right now while I'm recording the podcast is like domestic leveling up for me because I hate laundry. Aw, someone's been reading the right feminist books. Two years into marriage, and I still am too afraid to do Anna's laundry because I'm afraid I'm going to accidentally dry something that shouldn't be dried. Because I have a horrible track record. If you run the dryer on low, you can get away with it. Hey, I want to... Mike, 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 Mike. Yeah, just run it on low. And just always run it on delicates. If you mess it up, it'll be okay. We, we, do, uh, we do our laundry in our apartment complex, and uh, we don't have those nice functions on our dryers. Yes, they have a low function. Yeah, you just choose... You just choose low. Just because you don't know it's there doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah, you just wash, just dry it on low. There is no way your dryer doesn't have a delicate. I can understand, but low, it's got low. The other solution, Mike, is to just hang everything. Yep. So you have two options. Ugh, that's just so much more work. So, as as our listeners might know and be very interested in, um. Several months ago, back in April, we talked about Brody, the bear at the Brevard Zoo, who had an MRI at the animal hospital. Not at the animal hospital, at a real human hospital. It was a big deal. Um, But he had an MRI because he had some walking issues. And now, finally, in June, after he had his MRIs in April, we get to find out what the results of that are. Which... That seems about... Sound, it sounds about as like on time as like the American medical system in general, but you get an MRI in April and in June you find out what's going on. <laughs> For those who, who are uninformed, we talked about Brody and his MRI on episode 34. Yes, that's probably a good note in there. So thank you. I figured you would add it uh posthumously if you i don't think that that's the word you're looking for (laughs) he's gonna add it after he dies that's the wrong word (laughs) what are you saying about brody (laughs) or what am i saying about caleb i say is caleb dead or does brody dead i wouldn't be adding it posthumously i wouldn't be dead um Uh, okay like post recording yes about in the editing section, <laughs> the editing process. Caleb, your afterlife is going to be weird. You're just adding things to podcasts. Please haunt my pot future podcasts. <laughs> He's only mostly dead. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you say that name at the beginning of the second paragraph? Bishel. Bishel? That's how, that's how I'm saying it. Okay, good. It looks like uh, bristle vacuums for whatever reason to me. So I just took out the R. If you didn't have the S there, it would definitely be Bitchell. Oh, oh, but the problem is his first name is Pierre. I would, I would almost get it's Bichel. Bichel. 
Okay. Not Bishel. All right. He visited the the, the, the doctor. <clears throat> Where the doctor visited him. He's a bear. He doesn't travel without people like traveling to him because he's a bear. Gosh, I wish I was a bear. No, you don't. Oh, he's a graduate of the University of Bern, of uh, College of Veterinary Medicine in 1989, where he obtained the ECVN board certification. It's definitely Bichelle. Okay. Well, Dr. Bichelle visited the zoo to watch Brody and came to the conclusion that Brody had a bruised spinal cord. Ow. So, we know what's going on with Brody. He bruised his spinal cord. Hence the stem cell treatments, and then he still wasn't getting better, and the MRI. And so, we know what's going on. And he's expected to make a full recovery, it seems like. So... It says that he's been improving in recent months and doesn't seem to be in pain. So, Matt, you lied because you said that Brody was dying and that he was... Uh, ma'am. 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 What? So That's how cellular regeneration works, is you're slowly dying. He is dying. We all are dying. Okay, but that's not how that, like, came across. Thank you very much. That's what I meant. You are dying. I am dying. Matt is dying. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was super clear by Matt's context when he said we are all dying. Caleb's already dead, apparently. No, no, I will be by the time I'm editing the podcast. Oh, you will be dead. <laughs> this week on the podcast, Caleb's live death. Caleb's dead. <laughs> you will posthumously stitch this podcast together. It'll win awards. Rival uh, David Bowie's. Awards posthumously. Or Heath Ledger or Chadwick Boseman, who got robbed, let me just say. Anyway. Don't even get me started about that. Some bullshit. All right. And to finish off this this news story about Brody, is that since he's getting better at walking, he's been giving access to the public-facing habitat for short periods of time. So people can see him now. So, if you are going to general counsel in August, because, let's be real, a lot of our listeners are in the AG, you'll be close-ish to the Brevard County Zoo, and you can swing over there for a day visit when you're skipping out on all the boring business meetings, and uh, take some of your fellow pastors and go see Brody. Can I just say we should all do a, like, just record, uh, badly record, we should all go to the zoo together and badly record... You know, on low quality tech, and no, record off. a podcast. Low quality with no. I, shut my, up. I can, Let me finish. I can record my Don't mic in me. my phone. I was gonna say we have the technology. We can record high quality sound wherever we go. Oh, that's true. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but we can. <laughs> but anyway, have we you can not seen go to Jai- the zoo. Sky Chitani's. Let me finish. That like can... mobile sound studio. I have not. Um, it's pretty but dope. I, I re- there, there's several episodes of the Holy Post that I want to go back and re and like watch them on YouTube simply because I want to see Caitlin Chess's facial responses. Okay, you have to you have to finish. You have to finish what you were saying. Sorry. So we should all be Focus. shut up, Mike. We should go to the zoo and record our podcast in front of the bear enclosure. And maybe we'll see Brody while we are recording. And it would be like podcast bear inception wow that's a long walk to a small drink of water i think we'd have to call the the zoo to make sure brody's there 
and tell them that we have been tracking Brody's prod podcast, which is uh progress and podcast mixed together. So it's the unofficial Brody podcast. I mean, he's, I follow them on Twitter now, so maybe we could. I, I mean, so a couple problems with that. I won't be going to general counsel. Mike won't be going to general. You're not at all now. No. My wife could be my, uh, potentially be my stand in. It would take all of my vacation time that I will have accumulated and my personal time. And then what happens if I get sick? Then I don't have any personal time or vacation time. Well, you just go to work like a good old American boy. Yeah, we went over this last week. Come on. So, Caleb, you should just come down for, um, you should just come on Monday on your days off. Because that's where, like, that's like when we're going to Universal. I mean, see, that's that's theoretically possible. I can't be down there during general counsel, but I might be able to go during the two days before general counsel starts. I think so. Yes, but I'm not going to that. It's very influential. It's for those people who are influencers in the AG, Matt. You know, people with big churches so they can get up and talk about how they have a big church. I could be an influencer. I'm I'm excited to... They're having Nona Jones speak, which is nice. And I liked her. She spoke at our oh, I liked her. conference. I didn't get to hear her in person because they have the loud, they had the music so freaking loud in the auditorium at our network council that I couldn't have my baby in the auditorium. It was real bad. You didn't put your plugs in the baby's ears? I didn't. I've, I've never had to do that. Like, I've never, our church isn't that loud. Like, I don't have to do that. I've never had to have headphones for my baby for that. So I just wasn't prepared. Yeah, because that's insane to need it. Yeah, I sh- she shouldn't need it. Anyway, a lot of that I'll probably be cut out, but that's fine. A six who wasn't prepared? Are you even a six? Well, my seven, you know, takes over sometimes. <laughs> I have a strong seven wing, so much so that I still have moments of like, am I a seven wing six or am I a six wing seven? It's a bit of an identity crisis. When I take my pills, I'm a solid seven. The thing the thing about the Enneagram is it doesn't make a difference if you've mistyped yourself. So you're fine. You're one of the two. It's good enough. Technically, we all have a little bit of all the numbers inside of us. It's true. Yeah, exactly. So you're both a six wing seven and a seven wing six. It depends on how you're feeling at the moment. It's fine. And I'm a two wing seven. No, that's not how it works. That's not a thing. For, well, no, that's not. No. And I'm an FSPR. And you're also green because you're a mix of blue and yellow. That's that's not how these things work. Okay. Blue and yellow make green, right? <laughs> in paint, yes, but not in light. In light, red and green make yellow. That's weird. It makes perfect sense, but we're not... Okay. All right. So we're talking about uh, something happened this last week. Was it last week or the week before? Well, I think we should go back because a a few months ago, Beth Moore... Wait, did we transition music? Yes, we did. A couple months ago, Beth Moore left the Southern Baptist Convention. She cut ties with Lifeway... And she is now my favorite Twitter person. <laughs> and I asked how how long you guys thought that Russell Moore would stay in the SBC. I said October. And I specifically said, I specifically said, as soon as he gets another job, he's out. He announced he was moving to Christianity today. And like three days later, an Acts 29 church not associated with the SBC has him on staff. So I... 
I didn't have the date right, but man, did I nail that it was when he found a new job. <laughs> okay, what um, Mad Max 29, I don't know much about what church he went to, what or the if it's affiliated with another denomination, what is that? Acts 29 was founded by Mark Driscoll. Oh, shit. But Mark Driscoll's no longer a part of Acts 29 because he was real bad. So currently, the as of... Oh, oh, I bet I can look this up. I'm swearing a lot today. I want to know what the board is. I mean, I saw what church brought him on. Like, I saw their post, but... The, the board is Matt Chandler, Gareth Paul, Vic Keller... Sergio Quiores and some other dude. Hold on. Is this the last guy? Oh, no. Ryan Kwan is the vice chair. Matt Chandler's the, the chair chair. Matt Chandler's not bad. He's just not pro women in ministry. So their staff is more diverse than their, uh, than their board. It's pretty typical. Uh, and like, just, you know, if we're being honest, it, it's not SBC. Um, and, and they're doing, X-29 is doing good stuff. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of them in general, but that doesn't mean they're bad people. So they're an X-29 church. They're not an SBC church. So Russell Moore left the ERLC that he had been at for, I think, 14, 13 or 14 years. Um, he, he joined Christianity Today doing something. And then he is the theologian in residence, I think is the, the title for his uh, position at Innovation Church or whatever whatever it's called. Emmanuel Church. That's how it is? With an I, right? Yes. That hurts me on the inside. Um, well, I think that needs to be dug into deeper. Why does that hurt you on the inside to spell Emmanuel just, with an I? It feels like it should be an E. Okay, but like your hymn book that you have behind you has it spelled both ways at various points. No, I'm I'm fully aware. I just wish we were consistent in our spelling of Emmanuel. Oh, for sure. I think on the scale of things that we need to be consistent about, though, I feel like the I and the E of Emmanuel is like way down there. Oh, but here's the thing. Whether you're consistent on the I or the E literally says how consistent you're going to be about everything else. Matt, that's that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. It's a great litmus test. Anyways, so um, Russell Moore had, uh, if you followed his time during the Trump era, oh boy, you know that it was shaky, tumultuous. Uh, that's a kind way of putting it, and it never seemed like he was in jeopardy at the ERLC, but it always felt like something was off. And given what the letter that he wrote in February of 2020, so last year, to the staff, which you can see in the uh, the article, it was leaked to, leaked to Religion News Service, um, that the SBC is just they were con- they were complaining that uh, Russell Moore's activity in the ERLC was what was causing their contributions to the corporate fund, I don't remember what it's called, corporate partnership, something like that, of the SBC, that they were complaining that Russell Moore's activity at the ERLC was impacting donations, basically, to the denomination. Well, multiple... So basically, he was making them lose money. Right. Multiple inquiries actually showed that was not the case. But that was the narrative. 
and that he wasn't reaching out to what what it was it Caleb the Bubba's and the Rednecks the Bubba's and the Rednecks not playing enough to the Bubba's and the Rednecks they pay the bills wait somebody said that to and about Russell Moore and some I will quote from the letter in some of these quote investigations what I have been charged with is, quote, not paying enough to the Bubba's and the Rednecks. They pay the bills, end quote. Continuing on the letter, I don't think we have, quote, Bubba's and Rednecks, end quote. I find such slurs offensive and derogatory, personally as well as ethically. So that was Moore's conversation about that. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like a very toxic culture that he was dealing with. And then... What? Are you saying that the Southern Baptists might have a toxic culture issue? And then to continue on that note, he then wrote, this was in February 2020, he wrote this letter. This one does not seem like it was ever meant to see the light of day. I I don't think so. Now, he also wrote a letter to J.D. Greer on May 30th or 29th of this year. That one was supposed to see the light of day. And like, you can just read it and you're like, oh, oh, this is scorched earth. <laughs> like you, you know, sometimes you're like, so, like I said, this letter, it looks like it was internal, was not meant for external. The fact that it got released, I don't think that Russell Moore didn't have a hand in it. I think someone asked him. He was like, yeah, sure, whatever. It's like, I'm leaving. I'm out. But the, Go ahead. Yeah. But the one to J.D. Greer, that one, the way it was written it intended to say, yeah, there was, there was more to it that there, that was an intention. So to continue with Russell's um, letter, um, I will quote this out of here. Cause I want to quote it out of the letter itself. I'm going to read a, a big portion here. Another SBC leader used constant pressure against me in protest of our hiring of Dan Darling and Trillia Newbell. In 2013, at the time, this was, he said, because they did not have adequate Southern Baptist backgrounds. When I answered his concern to his face, he said, quote, I was really just concerned about that black girl, whether she's an egalitarian, end quote. When I asked what could possibly lead him to think that a woman who has written complementarian articles for complementarian websites was a, quote, egalitarian, end quote, he responded, quote, a lot of those black girls are, end quote. This same leader also let me have it when I said that white Christians should join our black Christian brothers and sisters in lamenting when young men, young black men are shot, and that moments of Ferguson, Eric Garner, and the Emanuel AME church murders should motivate the church to address these questions with the gospel embodied in reconciled churches, bearing one another's burdens, that only those with guns would prevent black people from burning down all of our cities. Ronald will say that last line again. This person said that only those with guns would prevent black people from burning down all of our cities. Now, allegedly, this is where I get to the allegedly portion. Allegedly, this was a Paige Patterson. Statement that hasn't been verified. In fact, he denied it, but I would like to, if I can read how he denied it 
Okay, go ahead. This is from uh, Bob Smitana. I can never say his name. Paige Patterson denies making comments about Trillian Newbill telling RNS, Religion News Services, and I quote, I don't even know who the girl is, end quote. Now, this is a grown-ass black woman. Yeah. So the fact that someone here said a lot of those black girls are, and then says, I don't know, even know who the girl is. Like, it's a level of stupid that I can't even connect with. Because it, it becomes very clear that even though this is alleged, bro, we all know you said it. Because you used the exact same language twice. <sighs> Freaking Paige Patterson. So, the moral of the story is... I... Yeah. The, the SBC is at a crossroads. And this upcoming... Whatever they call it, annual meeting... Convention? Do they call it a convention? Yeah, it's the Southern Baptist Convention. So, the Southern Baptist Convention Convention? I don't think you understand how the SBC works, Matt. No, I really don't. So, the SBC is has a convention every couple of years and those people who are part of the SBC are those churches who attend and affiliate with that convention. It's literally a So it is the Southern Baptist Convention convention. Yes, it is literally well that is the Southern Baptist Convention and Southern and SBC churches are Southern Baptist churches that are affiliated with that convention. They, they they have name branding issues. Uh, no, it makes perfect sense. They're just the SB. They, it is the SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention, and churches are affiliated with it. But they're affiliated with that annual or biannual meeting. But we to, to add to the Southern Baptist funness, um, Rick Warren's church, which is a Southern Baptist church, Ricky Dub ordained women on Mother's Day. They did. And then he announced today that they're looking for his successor. (laughs) And I'm not going to bet money. But if I was a betting man, I would say it's going to be a woman. Oh. I think he's ready to tear it down, man. I feel like that's what's coming out of uh, Saddleback. We're, We're about to see I mean, if not, you know, it's whatever, but we didn't even get to the point of the article. Mike Stone is a pastor and the purpose driven scorched earth. Oh, let's write that book. Scorched earth church. I just don't understand why the S and and uh, Russell Moore's contention is that racism and covering up of sexual abuse are the two. A bad thing to do. The two things that are most bad in for the SBC. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, I would I would agree. Those are two bad things for the SBC. And Mike Stone, quote, accused the letter of being a backdoor press release that is clearly an attempt to influence the upcoming presidential election in the SBC. But but it, even if it is, you the the problem with what Mike Stone is saying is he never once addresses none nobody in the SBC has addressed the things that Russell Moore has brought up. Yep. Unless they're calling on a third party, because I've seen some executive committee members calling on a third party to investigate these things, as Russell Moore has. 
But everyone who's against it has not once refuted what was said, but has consistently said, Russell Moore is just trying to get back at us. Which means, but you know, you know what, who has that mentality? People who have done something to somebody. Yeah. Why, why are you getting back? Why would you have to get back at someone if you hadn't done something in the first place? If you had just treated them honestly and with respect and dignity, they would have nothing to get back at you for. It's just a thought. So, I, I mean, it, we'll, we'll see what happens. This is going to be an interesting meeting. J.D. Greer's time is up as the president of the SBC. We know Al Mohler has been uh, campaigning for it. Um, there might be some others, but uh, this is going to, this is a reckoning moment for the SBC. I don't know how it's going to go. It'll be interesting. I definitely have people who I would like to see get it. Um, but we'll see how it goes. I'm not part of that convention. So I have uh, zero uh, irons in that fire. The only convention I like to be a part of is the comic convention. I was going to say Comic-Con. <laughs> Kids these days. Oh my goodness. I just opened the dumb, dumb tweet of the week. Yeah, I found it. You're welcome. So AntifaBook.com, which has a check mark. Jack, I don't even know how to say that. DeSantis is fighting against big tech and COVID passports. What is your governor doing? I'd like to point out really quick. I just want to make sure that everyone is completely aware. Did you say a Twitter check mark? It's Twitter verified. Is it a check mark? Yeah, we're going. Listen, I don't care what Twitter calls it. It's a Twitter check mark. Um, okay, geriatric millennial. Twitter once. First off, I am not geriatric millennial. I am mid millennial. You post millennial scum. <laughs> Second, more importantly, DeSantis is fighting against big tech. Now, if you're not aware, because I feel like this is important in the... Actually, you know what? Well, you know what, Matt? I think he is. Remember the whole uh, uh, power outage because of Texas's really stupid energy policies? That's part of their fight against big tech. That's why they're not hooked up to the grid. They're fighting big tech. DeSantis is Florida, so... Oh, you're right. Never mind. Don't worry. I know my GOP governors. So, DeSantis is the one who signed the bill recently that if you are censored by social media companies, there is a fine. Unless that social media company happens to have an amusement park of larger than 40 acres, I believe. What the hell is that supposed to mean? What do you think it means in Florida? Wait, is Mar-a-Lago at an amusement park? Who did, Who are they carving out a exemption for? Disney, Universal Studios. Oh. Disney. They're carving out an exemption for all the people that have, because they don't want to have to find their own people. So this whole thing against big tech, all they got to do is Zuck, uh, Zuck, Zuckerberg and Bezos, they all got to go form like Zuckerland and 
uh, Dorsey land and just have a park in California. You could do it in the Valley. Just put like a couple of rides and and, no, because you can do it anywhere. It didn't didn't specify that the park had to be in Florida. It just if you have a a, if you have an amusement park of greater than I think it was 40 acres. I could be wrong on that part. Then you were exempt from the the bill. It's and it's such a partisan bill. Like it's so very clear that it's not actually at all legal, much less. Oh, it's just so dumb. No one's been sued or no one's been fined, though. So, hey, OK, but Eric's response. So he's fighting. No, 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 no. First off, we, we have to finish that. So clearly, clearly DeSantis is fighting big tech. C- clearly, except for Disney. He he he's basically saying, no, big tech companies, please don't bend me over and screw me. I'll just lay back and spread them. <laughs> And then COVID passports, they they signed a bill that said you can't companies. So one of the ones is that companies can't require or organizations can't require proof of vaccination to do something. So there have been two things in Florida to fight that. The first off is the guy who's selling concert tickets for uh, $1,000 to go to this concert. But if you can prove that you're vaccinated, they're only $18. Wow. So it's not you're not forced to do so, but if you can, then you pay eighteen dollars. The other thing is cruise liners. So if Caleb, Caleb, if you get a chance to throw a link in here, if you can find it, that'd be great. Later, I, I don't have a link for it, but there's a huge debate on what are the cruise ships going to do because they are saying we will not let people on who are not vaccinated. Because it's such a big deal on cruise ships, right? Close quarters, all that stuff. Under Florida's law, they can't do that. Unless. Go ahead, Caleb. Unless they do it in international waters. So they're thinking (laughs) there's a thought that what they're going to do is carve out international (laughs) waters straight from the dock to the port where these ships are going to port. Norwegian has already said that if they're doing this, if if Florida's going to stick with this, we'll find other places to dock our ships. <laughs> yeah. So the capitalist <laughs> mindset is like getting back. So like it's really funny. DeSantis is fighting, but in both of those, he's having issues fighting these things because people are like, no, like we want to be able to do these things. So whether it's carving out an exemption for Disney and your anti-big tech bill or figuring out how to let cruise ships dock and enforce their guidelines DeSantis is having quite a difficult time with his fighting so all that being said now we move to the Eric retweet of this which says we are living at a time in which the sheep and goats are being separated for all to see it's breathtaking bye bye bitch so my bad decision this morning was choosing this tweet. <laughs> Re- reading this, this is tweet? a great tweet. <laughs> it's so bad. Was when I went to look for a tweet. I the very first tweet was in response to him being on my Huckabee's uh, show doing an interview. So I watched the interview. Oh, I wasted seven minutes of my morning 
eight minutes of my morning watching the interview. And it just, I mean, the interview was crappy, but on top of it, to have this person who, you know, he's pushing, he's promoting his memoir, which, you know, I'm on a kick of trying to read memoirs of people that even if I don't like them or disagree or I disagree with them, I'm going to read them. So I'll probably read it. I'll borrow it from the library though. I'm not going to give money to it. Um, but the whole interview was him talking about his memoir and how at the age of 22 or 25, I can't remember now the book. Oh yeah. The book ends when he's 25 and he's like had a, a supernatural encounter with Jesus. And so he has, taken these the, the the step to follow jesus and and so so he's he's during the interview using that discussion about like how he had his life completely changed and turned upside down by jesus and then he tweets this bullshit comparing the passage where jesus is like talking about whatever you do to the least of these, I'm pretty sure I don't I need to look up the actual text. What's the, anybody got that scripture reference off the top of their head um, to, to apply that, to, to use that kind of imagery in regards to capitalistic political uh, circumstances. It just like, it's like this, this, this isn't a, this is, this is why people don't like Christians and this is why people don't want, to even consider Jesus or they don't want to read the Bible or they don't want to, because they're the, the, the people who are representing it are, are asshats like this. I think what this tells us, I think what this tells us here is that Eric Metaxas thinks that we're currently in the final judgment. Yes, I think so. Here we go. When the Son of Man comes in, his, this is Matthew 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Ooh, that hurts. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. The righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we, you, when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison to go visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he'll say to those on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you did not give me anything to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger. You didn't invite me in. I needed clothes. You didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you didn't look after me. And they will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for the least one of these, you did not do for me. And they will go away to eternal conscious torment, but the righteous to eternal life. <laughs> I got him. You, you want to read that quote as it says, Matt? You, you want to you re- fix, fix your quote there? And then they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Nope. I like it. <laughs> 
I did all of that. I read the whole I read the whole thing just so I could do that. I need you all to know that. Just so you could misquote the very end. And this is what this is why I chose this tweet. Because Because Eric Metaxas has an overrealized eschatology. I don't even think it's that. I, I mean he he's it's just an an overabundance of crappy biblical context. Same thing. <laughs> I don't think he I don't think he knows what the the What's going on here? What's going on where? In in America or in the scripture? In 2531. Show me your proof text without telling me your proof text. Yeah, no, that's a proof text. Like he didn't even he didn't even like try. Yeah, I I can't even with like it's real bad. We are not living in a time in which the sheep and goats are being separated. Because the sheep and goats are not separated until judgment. That's the point of them being separated is this is the judgment of the nations. Not, <sighs> I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. I just want to like, I don't know. Ask him if he's read the Bible. I think you know the answer to that. I, I, I think that that's what makes me sad is I know that he has. Honestly, Eric Metaxas is really one of our best theologians of our time. Like, let's be real. Mike. <laughs> you might be right. And that's more terrifying than anything else. I quoted it and with response to it. Maybe I'll get blocked. It'll be fun. <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to log into Twitter. I just want to know Twitter. What did you reply, Rachel? Because I'm not seeing your reply here. Um, I So hold on. My favorite reply to that tweet is, you're not supposed to f*** the goats, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> my my quoted tweet um hold on now i have to go find it tell me you proof texted without telling me you proof texted all right this this whole thing from eric metaxas is probably the dumbest that i've seen it's not well i mean he's done some pretty bad dumb nazi ones i don't know if we can quite say it's the dumbest it's the worst biblical like (sighs) yeah All right, let's move on and talk about Fauci. Fauci, ouchie! I thought we were going to talk about the Fauci emails. That's fine. We can do that. I just wanted to say Fauci, ouchie, because I like like things like that. All right, so, as I'm sure most of the people listening to our podcast have become familiar with the name of Tony Fauci over the last year. Hey, it's the Fauci! If you watch Seth Meyers, it's a lot funnier, but do, 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 do. So Tony Fauci is a guy who's been doing stuff for a long time. Um a long time. Anybody who's followed virology or national health or any of those things have known about Tony Fauci for decades. Um but in the past year, he's become a bit of a celebrity. Because that's what we do in America. We take people who are professionals in their field and make them celebrities when all of a sudden the things that they've been talking about for decades has relevance. Uh, Which, I don't know, you feel like that's a fair assessment there, Matt? Unfortunately. Did you know about Tony Fauci before COVID-19 stuff? Well. That makes me feel like the real nerd in the group. Um, You are the real 
medical nerd. Did did you? Of course I did. Have you not like followed these things? He's been talking about how there was going to be a flu pandemic for years. I worked with Obama in 2009 during the swine flu stuff. Do you guys not remember that? I was in uh, basic training during swine flu, so... In 2009, I was... Don't. Just don't. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Just don't do it to us. He was in middle school? How old were you, Mike? Listen, as a 12-year-old in 2009, I don't need to know about like all the things you were dealing with, with your Pokemons and your... Uh, Friday, Friday, it's Friday songs, okay? Don't worry, Mike. It was my first year of college, so... Was that actually when that song came out? No, I'm pretty sure it came out 20... Yeah, I think it's earlier. Released in 2011. Oh, is it that late? Wow, I thought it was older. February 10th, 2011. Okay, so Tony Fauci, who has become famous in the last year has been saying a lot of things about COVID in the last year. Like, we probably don't all need to put on masks back in March. Said that publicly. The virus is so small that it's not going to, a mask isn't going to help that much unless it's an N95. Right. So he said that publicly. And then in April, he said, you know what? There's enough people who have the virus in the U.S. that we should all put on masks to help reduce the spread. He said all those things publicly. See, he lied. He's a liar. But I didn't listen to him then, so I don't know that he said that publicly then. And and there's emails now. Emails have been released from him that say the exact same things in his private emails that he was saying publicly at the time. So it basically confirms that science is fake, COVID is a lie, and Anthony Fauci is a monster. So Tony Fauci said, according to his emails, that masking isn't necessary. He said that in January and February and March. I believe he said that, was that, oh, you said emails, but he said that from the White House briefing room too, right? Yeah, 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 but he said that in his emails. Oh, okay, so it's different. So in April, when he said it, that we should wear masks... Also, the time when his emails changed to him saying we need masks, but ignore that part. When he said that in April, it means that he was lying in January, February, March. And so all of COVID is a hoax. Why am I why am I surprised by this? You've known that COVID was a hoax the whole time, Matt. So you're not surprised. So I would like to point out something else. I will share this in the uh, the links of doom here. You don't need to click on it necessarily. I just wanted it for Caleb later. <sighs> Pediatric flu deaths gone down so much in the 2017 2018 season. There were 188 pediatric flu deaths, children who died of the flu. Okay. Into 2018 2019 flu season, there were 144 pediatric flu deaths. In the 2019 2020 flu season, there were 195 flu deaths. Now, again, to the flu season usually goes from around November to around yeah. March. Okay. So right when we started to get into the pandemic, we we're coming out of influenza in the 2020, 2021 flu season. There was one pediatric death. Masks don't work. Why? So it can't be that. Right. Mask, social distancing doesn't work. Staying home when you're sick doesn't work. And that's, what's so frustrating about this is like, Yes, the data was unclear at the beginning. 
right? We didn't know if you could get it from touching a surface that had it. Right, because flu, you definitely can't. And and so we're still trying to figure this out in in these moments. I mean, I had my groceries. I I didn't wear a mask to Target, but you better damn well be sure that I got my Clorox wipes and wiped off my groceries before I brought them in the house, because that'll fix it. Like that's what we were doing. And like you guys are laughing, but like multiple people were doing that. No, I'm laughing. I would have laughed at you back then too. You were you were wiping off groceries at home but not wearing a mask? Yeah. Because <laughs> I could get it from touching the groceries. That's, <sighs> that was the indication coming from the CDC, is that you needed to wipe off surfaces, but masks weren't important. It's a miracle that that Matt didn't get COVID. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it, I think at that point, like 200 people in the United States had it. So <laughs> we were still real early. But you get... It was still, yeah, that was still when it had just shown up in Washington because that's where it came first. Because of our sex ed bill. That's right. But the the point of the story is things change so much at the beginning. And yet looking back, it's pretty clear that these remediation efforts were successful and that keeping kids home from school did limit the spread of the virus. And people working from home did limit the spread of the virus. That was it an economic disaster? Yes. But we also had like 500,000 people in America die. That number could have been more. Yeah. Man, you remember at the beginning in March when uh, Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci were saying we could see 100, 100 to 200,000 deaths by the end of the summer? And people were like, oh, are we sure? That's a lot. And we killed that because we're number one. We're number one. We're number one. I mean, to be fair, India might pass us soon if they haven't already, but. But, okay. So. Really gonna get those numbers back up. America first, right? You gotta pump them. Those are rookie numbers. So, the article that we shared. We gotta beat India. We've given, guys. We've given some background on, on Fauci's emails or whatever. And Chris Wallace basically said the same things that I said that the emails that have been leaked or not leaked, have been released by a Freedom of Information request now after they were leaked. They say exactly all of the things that he was saying publicly, and yet somehow this is a news story. I don't understand. I love this line. Um, when Donald Trump, back when he was president, suggested that China may have played a role in it, that it wasn't a naturally occurring virus, I think there was a knee-jerk reaction from some Democrats, from some people in the media, to say, well, if Trump says that this, can't, this is a possibility, it can't be a possibility, Wallace said. And and then he says this, that was a mistake then. I think it's a mistake to over-politicize it. Or a mistake now to over-politicize it. So, like, the politics of COVID has played a bigger role than anything else. If you've listened to us, we have never once said that this couldn't have been engineered in a lab in China. Right. I, I personally... It's still a possibility. I don't think that it was engineered in a lab in China. I think that the likelihood of it being engineered is real low. But the likelihood of it going into the human populations out of a lab in China is very high. Like, I've, I've been on that bandwagon the whole time. But I also don't think that we can blame the Chinese government for that happening if that's what happened. Like, that's a step further than we can go. And it doesn't seem like it was intended as a biological weapon. No, because if you're going to make a biological weapon, you would do a better job. Right. It wouldn't be this because this is too much. 
And so I think that like every, and that's, those are the two things that people are really freaking out about the mass thing and the, is China responsible for this thing? And, and also simultaneously, like this whole thing with China, it, it was a back burner issue. It was something that like, it's not the important thing right now. We do need to look into it. And China is at fault because they didn't give us, I, I think they had more information before they did. Because they're China. Like, that's just how they operate. Right. I, th- I think that they definitely covered up things. Um, like, for sure, they had information before they shared it. The pandemic was probably going on for at least a month with people getting sick before anybody else found out about it. And at the same time... I would have loved to have my hands on the, the genome sequence a month before we did, because I think that it, that would have been... I honestly think that China had that data. I, I don't think that they necessarily had isolated that it was that virus until probably late December, um, because there were people in China shutting down that it was a problem. And how the Chinese government shuts down things like that is the people who were lowered down don't ever report it up. So the people at the hospitals never would have told the regional government that, hey, we have this problem here until it got real bad. And so they wouldn't have sent in geneticists to figure out what it was until it was real bad in December. So I I think that it's likely we didn't have it until only a couple weeks before we knew the genome. It's possible. But even then, those couple, if they had published it as soon as they knew, because I don't think they did, we would have been on better footing. I think publishing it as soon as they had it is probably irresponsible. Like, you've got to do peer review before you release it to the world. I think that that couple of weeks to make sure you're right is important. So I disagree with Matt on that one. I think you have to make sure it's right. Yeah, I just don't think I I think they had longer. I think they had it longer than we than they re, than they told everyone. I think that they could have had more lead time. I do too, but I think that that could have been a I, I think that could have been confirmatory like to make sure because you don't want to be wrong. I'm concerned that that isn't what happened. I mean, it's possible. And I think given China's reputation, that is a valid concern. Uh, well, I I think they definitely hid that there were people that were sick. I'm all for that. Like, that's important that they hid that. I just don't think that it's necessarily clear that they hid the genetic code from us. Yeah, but but everybody's known that it was possible that it was a lab leak. And, like, we should be clear that... When China says that they think that it is from the U.S. just as much, like, there's reason to think that the U.S. could have done the same thing. Because you know what we have at UNC Chapel Hill? A cooperative agreement with the Wuhan lab that they share specimens. So they transport the SARS virus and variants of the SARS virus between UNC Chapel Hill and the Wuhan virology lab. They're shipping that stuff back and forth all the time. So when China says maybe it came from the U.S., it's possible that it came from that the sample was altered in the U.S. because we're doing that and sending things back to Wuhan. So when China says that's a possibility that it's from the U.S., they're not wrong. Well, and when people freak out about the fact that the virus um, that we've invested in the Wuhan lab, right? The people lose their minds about that. The problem is they're not, there's a disconnect on how science works, 
right? Because we we should be studying coronaviruses so much more than we are. We know MERS is incredibly deadly, like a 75% death rate, right? With great health care. It doesn't transmit very easily, but it has a high death rate. We know SARS doesn't transmit very easily. The death rate's not as high as MERS, but it's up there. Both of these are coronaviruses in the exact same family as COVID. So we thought this didn't transmit very well at first. Like coronavirus. Right. But, and we should be studying these things because we know their ability to do this exists, which is why we're trying to study them. Yeah. And those investments in the Wuhan lab are through the agreement with UNC Chapel Hill that they're sharing information back and forth. Right. And it's possible it actually paid off and we had less people total die in this scenario because the vaccines were developed because we were studying these things. Right. It's it, the people want to blame something for this. And there's not a point of blame at this point. And it's not. Well, well, we invested money. And so we shouldn't have been doing that. Well, no, we probably should have been because we know that coronaviruses are really bad when they get out of hand. But again, this goes to the whole problem of nuance. And <laughs> this is a very nuanced discussion. And people are not okay with nuance on Twitter or Facebook. Nuance. Nuance is for communists and weak men. Matt, I've I'm I'm pretty sure that people aren't okay with nuance in person either. Okay, well I'm I I don't really see people there annoying and stuff. So uh <sighs> Yeah. I will say, though, the amount of times I've had someone say, well, you know what you what I mean. And I'm like, no, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> that, is, that is why I need all your qualifiers to your statement. Yep. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. No, I don't, Matt. No, I, I usually know what Matt means, um, which might be the scary part. <sighs> all right. Anything else anyone needs to add to this whole fake news story? I mean, it's a real news story, but it really shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't be at all. And and look, the, we're going to get more of them. This is only the first FOIA <laughs> request that's been fulfilled. There's going to be more. Apparently, Dr. Fauci has been re- emailing like crazy, yeah! um, corresponding with everyone. Man, someone the other day, I swear, this is what got me. Someone the other day said uh, that Fauci and Collins were both just politicizing this. And that's where I drew the line. I was like, I'm sorry. I don't know that much about Fauci, but Dr. Francis Collins, Dr. Francis Collins, head of the National Institutes of Health, is a man of integrity with friends that I really respect. And so I respect Dr. Collins. So if you're saying that all he's doing is politicizing this, we're at an impasse because that just doesn't even make sense for Dr. Collins. Yeah, no, I'm sitting. That's the thing. Is these people are saying that these people are politicizing it. And I'm sitting here looking at the things that these people have said and they've put out. And I'm going, they're really just sharing the best information we have. If that's pol- if if sharing the truth is politicization, I think that that's exactly what they're doing. They're politicizing it. Because as as my friend Lindsay once said, reality has a liberal bias. I miss Lindsay. Oh, real quick. Before we leave. Before we leave. Oh, no. Do you guys know there's a podcast group? 
the barely save bears. <gasps> oh, that's right. So Caleb has made a group. I didn't make a group. Rachel made the group. No, 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 no. I made the group. Thank you very much. Here's the thing. I'm terrible at social media. The donut post the other day, the Facebook group, the Barely Save Bears, that's all Rebecca's doing. She's our social media organizer. The Barely Saved Bears group exists, and we haven't promoted it yet. Who knows why? But here we go. This is our promotion point, and uh, we would like for you, if you are a listener, you are a Barely Saved Bear, and we would love for you to head over to facebook.com and search for Barely Saved Bears. I don't know how to find it anymore. Um, and you can join the Barely Saved Bears groups. There are some questions that you do need to answer to make sure that we know that you are a Barely Saved Bear because, you know, that's important and such. But if you listen to the podcast at least once, you probably have the answers to the questions on whether or not you are a Barely Saved Bear. And uh, just know that strawberry ice cream is, well, it's meh. The best. A, a group of bears is called a sleuth. Also, also, we do have shirts and things and merch available at our store that if you want a cool shirt, like this isn't a video thing, so you can't see it, but Matt is wearing our, one of our shirts that's the Barely Saved Podcast, but it's spelled Barely with a bear logo. Uh, those types of things you can get at barelysavedpodcast.com slash merch. So you can buy those things. They do ship to you in about two weeks time because they're like printed to order by Printful because ain't nobody got time to actually do that stuff like at their own home. But you can get the stuff. It's got custom stuff on it. We have a Preach Like a Girl shirt, Barely Saved Podcast shirt, Reality Has a Liberal Bias, all those things. So Kingdom Over Crotch, courtesy of Von Johnson. Uh, a group of bears is called a sleuth or a sloth. Oh, yeah. Um, when I made the, when I, when I made the group, I made it as an admin, like of the page. So I couldn't figure out what the problem was, but my own personal Facebook profile was not, I had not joined the group. So I wasn't allowed, like I wasn't able to, yeah. So I had to like let myself in. Yeah. <laughs> so your our, our social media person, me. Uh, clearly does not know how to do social media well. Um, I, I, as another plug, uh, next week we are recording um, with a specific author of a specific book. The Great Sex Rescue. That a specific podcast, or sorry, a specific book club has been reading. And so you're just going to have to tune in to to see, or should we tell them who it is? Did you answer the questions right? I mean, it's about sex, which I have to say, reading that book was really awkward as a single virgin. Like, Mr. Happy likes kisses. <laughs> Gross. There's our plug. Every every time it's like asking a question and it's just like, no, that's not. This is just weird because I listened to the audiobook version of it while I was driving. And it's just like, <laughs> wait. Is the audiobook version out? I listened to it, the audiobook version. Oh, it, it must have just come out because there, there wasn't one when we started reading it. And I was like, just listening as I was like driving and doing other things. And I'm like, this is just weird. But I can't like skip reading this part because it's not a book that I can just skip ahead. Yeah, listen to all the juicy details. So guys, we're going to be, I'm, I'm looking forward, Caleb, uh, to part of the interview being getting the feedback of a 
single virgin because I just feel like that, you know, or... We'll, we'll talk about it next week, but most of the book just seems obvious. Like, be a decent person and care about the other person. Thank you for listening to the Barely Saved Podcast. Make sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app. You can find more episodes, links, and show notes at barelysavedpodcast.com. You're all heathens, and I don't know why I trust you anymore. <gasps> are you saying that we are the goats? Bye-bye. No, we're the sleuths. We're a sleuth of bears.